0: welcome to mini episode 255 of real life ghost stories and i have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from january the 10th 2023 and story number one comes from anonymous you know how kids are creepy and sometimes you just want to drop kick them down the stairs well i'm pretty sure that i was that creepy kid i remember always being scared of stuff that no one else thought was there And I remember telling my parents I was scared of my room and scared of the dark because I would see people in my room. The worst part of it was I thought I was seeing my dad's brother, who I'm going to call John for this story. John died before I was born, and the twin beds in my bedroom as a kid were the same ones that my dad and John used when they were young. As a kid, I was terrified, but I can't imagine how my dad felt with his own child saying he saw his dead brother and was scared. On top of that, my favourite story growing up was The Headless Horseman. I later found out that John was run over by a train and likely decapitated. I'm not sure if I had that connection with the story of The Headless Horseman because of John and some connection I had to him, or if it was just a weird coincidence. As far as what I saw in the room, I luckily don't remember seeing any faces, but I do remember telling my parents that sometimes I saw a man hovering above my bed. Sometimes I saw him standing at the end of the bed. We also had a two-story deck whose top level was even with my bedroom, and I could see the deck just a few feet away from my window. I do remember several nights seeing men on the deck and hearing loud screaming, heavy boots running bright lights flaring through the night, loud sounds that almost sounded like artillery and gunshots going off. I thought I made it all up as a kid and just had a wild imagination. However, as I got older, I learned that other people in my family moved into that same room and had similar experiences. My mom said sometimes when I was away at university, she would wake up in the middle of the night and see me standing in the room at the window peeking out of the blinds. She had a cat and two dogs that also slept in the room with her, and every time the dogs were quiet and just lying there. She assumed that she was just dreaming, but it happened constantly. She would wake up and see me standing in the room. She also said sometimes she would wake up to bright lights flashing everywhere, loud bangs and men's voices, almost like there was an entire scene from a movie happening just outside the window and coming into the room. It was almost as if there was a war going on outside the bedroom window and some nights I was just standing inside the room, never facing her directly, but with a very visible side profile. The animals were never upset, so she never felt like she was in danger, but she said it was so vivid that she would wake up in the middle of the night and wonder how the animals were still sleeping. She did say that she would call my name sometimes to see if I responded, but I never did and sometimes I was close enough to reach out and touch my arm, but she never tried. A few years later, my grandfather fell ill and needed to be looked after. He was older at this point and not always entirely there mentally, I don't think. He didn't suffer from dementia and could always function, but I started to wonder if he was having vivid memories from his own life. He stayed in that same room that my mother and I had stayed in, and he had the same experiences. He would tell my mom that I was in the room in the middle of the night, even though I didn't live in the same state or country during all of these experiences. He said I would be standing there, by his bed, or looking out the window. He would complain about men with flashlights on the back deck making noise and screaming and gunshots going off. Gunshots in my hometown aren't uncommon, unfortunately, but as loud and frequent as these events were, the neighbours would have called the police if anyone else was seeing it. It apparently happened fairly often. I didn't know about these other experiences until I mentioned some of my own experiences while visiting family during the holidays. My mother and I were sitting there talking about it and how we potentially saw ghosts. I talked about how I thought it was my dad's brother, but I wasn't sure why I saw the lights and the war zone going on outside the window. I knew John was in the military, but he came back home and passed away here. Then my mom just casually mentions that there was another John in the family that was sent overseas for war and never came home. My mom said she ended up getting rid of the beds and never had any more experiences. What's sad is that now I think I really did see my family and that they died in such horrible circumstances that they somehow became attached to the bed. I don't know if the John that died overseas ever used those beds, but I think both of them may have died somewhere horrible and felt vulnerable and that their souls went back home. They probably felt scared and instead of passing over, they went back to a childhood bed where you know you can climb under the covers and that mom and dad are down the hall and you're safe. I think they were looking to feel safe and warm again. And if they were my relatives, that explains why people think they saw me standing there. Even before I was old enough to look like the figures they saw, almost like I grew into the look of the person we all saw. Strong DNA, I guess. My other theory is that it's somehow a time loop, and the ghostly figure was another version of me in a timeline that crossed over, and we all actually saw a dead version of myself who went back home to his childhood safe place. I don't understand what the connection to those beds is, since no one died in the beds that I know of. We no longer have that same house, and I wonder if anyone currently living there experiences anything. I feel like I should find the beds and sleep in them to see those figures again and tell them that everything is okay and that they can pass over. I would be terrified because ghosts scare me. But I also think it's terrible to be trapped like that and unable to process what happened to you and find some peace. I also hope the beds didn't end up in a junkyard somewhere and now these souls, or portions of souls, are still living out their afterlives following these broken pieces of bed no matter where the beds go. I'm just curious to see what would happen if I slept in the beds now. And where those figures have gone. I hope they find peace. Okay, there is so much going on in this story. First of all, Anonymous, I hope they found peace too. But second of all, Anonymous, you were a creepy kid. You were that kid. I would be absolutely shitting myself if any kid of mine came to me and was like, Oh, I'm seeing your brother in my bedroom and... My brother was was dead. and Oh, I'd lose my mind. I wouldn't be able to cope with it. And then to add insult to injury, your favourite story being the Headless Horseman. I jest, obviously, because it's probably very coincidental that that was your favourite story. There's so much, there's just so much going on here. I don't even know where to start. First of all, let's start with all of the, what sounds like war scenes that were happening outside of your bedroom. You know, because I can understand that you would say, was just a kid having a wild imagination whatever it is but then other members of your family staying in the room and and having the same experiences and your grandfather who you know wasn't doing very well in terms of his mental faculties having that same experience as well and being like there's there's some sort of like bangs and shouts and lights and flashes and men and all of that happening outside the bedroom window like I, I don't think it would be very common for that many people within the same family to have the same experience if there wasn't some sort of reality to it but what is that reality I don't know is it like replaying where the other John who went overseas to war is it like replaying what he experienced Is there a possibility that the house was built on a place where there was previously battles or some sort of some sort of war occurred there? Like, I don't know. I can't figure out what it might be. And then, of course, you have the figure who is you, but it's not you because you're elsewhere. So Anonymous is elsewhere in the state, elsewhere out of the country And his mum and his grandfather both report seeing Anonymous numerous times in their bedroom. Maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was a relative like John who went overseas that looks incredibly like you. And if it is you, is it, like you said, another version of you, like a future version of you? We definitely had a listener story before where the listener remembered seeing a man when they were a child and then when they grew up they saw the child and realised that what they had seen was actually themselves. and that gives me the ick in all sorts of ways. I don't even know why that scares me so much but this idea of your own timeline sort of overlapping on itself oh it gives me the heebie-jeebies I hate it. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number two today also comes from Anonymous. And can I just say that this story was physically typed with a typewriter and posted to me? And honestly, it is it it just brought me so much joy i think everybody loves getting a letter right so when i got this letter and i opened it i was like wow you've gone through all this effort to physically with a typewriter type out this story and send it to me and i really really appreciate it and can i just say as well in the opening paragraph they say that um please excuse the typos i don't have a delete key on this thing which made me realize that it was actually typed with a typewriter so let's get into it I was about seven or eight, so in year three at primary school. Anyone who went to school in England will be familiar with playtimes on a rainy day. This day was very rainy, and as was the way of things, the class were inside, playing board games, reading books and colouring in, while we watched the rain hammer the windows as it fell from the grey winter sky. As we played, I realised I needed the toilet, so asked the teacher for permission and left the classroom to make my way there. I walked carefully around the edge of the main hall, woe betide anyone caught walking straight across the middle, through the doors and down the stairs to the cloakrooms and toilets. I did what I needed to do, washed my hands, and retraced my steps through the empty hall to the classroom. As I came through the doors into the hall, I had the feeling that things were off. There were four classrooms leading off the main hall and I should have been able to hear the sounds of children playing, chatting and generally being loud. I could hear nothing. I hurried to the classroom and opened the door and then I froze. The classroom was empty. I started to feel panicky. But then I looked up at the windows where sunlight was now streaming in. I was relieved to realise that the weather must have cleared up and the class must have gone outside. My mind made up, I turned around and made my way outside. I dashed down the stairs, put on my coat and hurried out, eager to join my friends. Bursting through the door into the playground, I once more froze. The playground was empty and silent in the sunlight, with not even the sound of passing traffic to disturb the still air. Filled with panic, I ran back into the building and up the stairs, and before I even reached the top step, I could hear the sounds of my schoolmates. I ran straight across the hall, not caring now that it was against the rules, and burst into the classroom. As soon as I was through the classroom door, the teacher looked at me and beckoned me to her desk. She demanded to know where I had been and why I was wearing my outdoor coat. I pleaded with her that I thought they'd all gone outside and had been looking for them. Why on earth would we have been outside? She snapped at me. Look at the weather! The teacher pointed up to the classroom windows, and I followed her finger. Outside the tall window the rain lashed from a leaden sky, streaking the panes in a torrential downpour. I stared, confused and frightened before being sent back to take off my coat and play with my friends. To this day, I can't come up with a rational explanation as to what happened that day. Was it a dream? Was it a time slip of some kind? What if I briefly stepped outside the reality I was supposed to be inhabiting? And if I did go to some other place, how can I ever be really sure that I made it back to the correct version of reality? Anonymous, stop it stop it. Both of these stories have really scared me today. I I think about time slips a lot <laughs> with the nature of what I do, but I do think about time slips a lot. And I regularly think about what, what the heck would you do if you went into a time slip and you felt like you couldn't get back? Like, what is it that, that allows you to come back? You know, what if you don't end up in the correct version of reality or the version of reality you're supposed to inhabit. That is terrifying. But it does sound like you stepped into some sort of alternate reality, like a completely alternate timeline where it was a sunny day and either all the kids were outside or it was a sunny day and nobody was in school. To be honest, I just I just don't have any answers for time slips, you know? And that's what I feel like this is. I feel like you stepped into an alternate reality. And then stepped back out of it again somehow. But I don't. I don't understand how this could have happened. Thank you so much for listening to today's stories. Thank you to Anonymous and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from January the 10th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories. where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini